Hi, this is Swapna. And this is Ray. Welcome to the Dreams and Hope podcast. Thank you for joining us on this journey where we explore faith, hope, and dreams in the context of lived experience of being human. Today's podcast is part one of two with an interview with a very special guest, Dr. Alona Samara. Hope you enjoy part one. I'm super excited today. We have a very special guest, Dr. Ilona Samara, who's been a good friend to me for several, several years. And uh, we are just hoping to sit down and have a conversation about life and just who, who, uh, what makes us who we are. Mm-hmm. And hear your story a little bit. Found out that you live real close to me, and yet I've never met you. Mm-hmm. It's yes. interesting how life works, where we... Uh, cross people's paths and and don't really notice until there's a moment of connection and it's through a person, our friend Swapna. So welcome. Thank you for taking some time out and talking to us today. Well, thank you for having me here. I think we were planning to do this for quite a while, but um, here we are. Yes. Finally made it happen. (laughs) When it's meant to be, it is. (laughs) That's right. 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 Time is right. The time was right. We were just talking about getting older and how time has no mercy a while ago and it it's almost like this is this unidirectional uh, unidirectional passage of time it's like you just have to do all you can in this moment mm-hmm. and say goodbye yeah birthdays are interesting I, I just had a birthday last week and I told my friends they're like hey another year and I was like yeah but all I'm doing is picking up steam on the other side of the hill so I'm catch. I mean, maybe it's slower, but I'm, I'm going down the other side of the hill. So I'm already, I'm past middle age, I think. That's like the official past middle age. So depending on where the end of life is, I don't know where that is. But <laughs> I am not yet 50. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not either. But so when I was a kid, I wanted to live to be 100. Now I'm like, if I can make it to 70, I'll be happy. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm living till I'm 150. And oh, that's what awesome. I told my kids. Okay, great. <laughs> that is our dream and yeah. hope. I think life has been too hard on me to live that long. So. No, actually, yeah. we are meant to live that long, but yeah. we don't know it. Yeah. Are we really? Yes, we are. How, mm-hmm. how are you so sure? I just feel it. <laughs> I know, just feel it. I mean, you see some people that are in their 90s and are walking and are driving yeah. their cars yeah. and um, have a sharp mind. Some mm-hmm. are volunteering because mm-hmm. they still have things to offer. Um, and then you see people who are in their 50s and are crippled. That's true. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, our bodies and our brains and everything wears out. But if we take care of it, I think we can continue to um, to be functional. Yeah, I agree. I think in that's all ways. The, I think that's the, mm-hmm. the issue is the care for, for our bodies. <laughs> I, um, I, I've actually tried to come to grips with the reality of the life I've lived, which is I've had cancer. I've been in accidents. I've had some challenges in my health. Even now I'm having challenges. And it's like the reality is something broke along the way so my aspirations aren't to live to be 100 i just want to make sure that i'm living a, a abundant life you know mm-hmm. while i'm here i want to be mm-hmm. functional and happy and serving and living out my purpose and mm-hmm. uh i'll let the time 
God can take care of when I'm not supposed to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so no, that's true. Yeah. So, but I would like to live that long. I just don't know. <laughs> I mean, but but live that long and be able to walk and talk exactly. and eat and exactly. take care of yourself and contribute to in some way to the world. Right. Um, whether it be taking care of my uh, great 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 grandkids, Fun. And, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and being ornery and yeah, yeah, yeah. telling them in my days. <laughs> Here yeah. she goes again. Right, right. <laughs> I love your big dream. Uh-huh. <laughs> so what about you, Swapna? We haven't heard where, how long yeah. you want to live. <laughs> um, I'm not sure. I think uh, I'm not thinking about the future. I'm thinking about the now. And I'm thinking about just today, right this moment. And maybe even having it complete in this moment. Like, I'm not really thinking about what's to come, but where I am right now. Like, I feel like I have, in the last few years, just slowed down in so many ways, and then it's really helped me to become a better version of myself because I'm slower and I'm just more aware of the the present, and that really has been fun because I'm, I'm not looking forward to this glorious future. I'm just here today. And it's not perfect, I can say that. (laughs) I'm sure uh, I can tell you 10 things that could be better right now. Mm -hmm. But it is what it is. And it's it's this this moment, this is beautiful in a way that it's imperfect and yet perfect. I don't know how to describe it better. Well, if you wouldn't have slowed down, we wouldn't have met. So I'm grateful that you have maybe... um, I don't think you've taken a detour. I think you've just... Um, paced yourself and I and I'm, I'm grateful because I'm I'm in your life now because of that so so, so who told you to slow down <laughs> I think that was a fishing that was a fishing question I think <laughs> <laughs> who told you to slow uh-huh. oh my gosh I don't know it just happened I, oh, for sure I wasn't planning to I think COVID and then change of like work and just being maybe a doctor told you to slow down i don't know actually <laughs> ilona is a very good friend and my doctor sometimes yeah. sometimes oh my i think word. i'm more of a friend <laughs> than a doctor yes. no no doctors no I'm, doctor. I'm a very honorary patient yeah, uh, well doctors are probably not good patients i'll tell you that no they're no, not my gosh. pastors are not good congregants either i'll tell you that <laughs> Uh, I don't I would, know if anyone can hear us about our laughter today. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was sitting because I like to have other people speak and I'm a pastor. And so I'm normally the guy that speaks. But when I'm sitting there, I'm just like fidgeting and I'm like, OK, Ray, just calm down. You can be the you can be the congregant for a little bit. <laughs> but it's really hard. I can imagine. I can imagine a doctor doesn't like to be the patient. And, the, you know, you're used to serving and helping. And yeah, it's the way it goes. So but we need people to tell us sometimes what we don't see, which is which I think is helpful. And I think that's what's happened in Swapna's life. I mean, there's a lot of circumstances that kind of kind of all collided at once, but. How did you two meet? We met while, we met in Colorado. We were. Uh, yeah, I know. Yes, I know. I know. <laughs> and it's like the craziest story ever because we were hiking uh, at really like early in the morning, me and Amea mm-hmm. were hiking and Ray was with his uh, father and brothers he was with the male members of his family and we just kind of intersected and I was tired and needed a break and Amea wanted to keep going so 
I just decided to chat to mm-hmm. take a break and to a stranger she didn't expect to see again <laughs> he did, did look kind of fancy like real hiker <laughs> not from Oklahoma she thought I was a mountain man in, Oklahoma, in Colorado you know it's the beard <laughs> yeah the beard and the walking sticks and, yeah, and the backpack walk, fancy you know. walking sticks like he knew the hiking what he was thing. doing yes and I was probably missing the hiking sticks because I was like oh my gosh well, I passed her on the trail and she's like where'd you get those hiking sticks I need those where'd you get those fancy sticks and I, and I just said Amazon, and I just kept walking. <laughs> so, oh my yeah, we met up in the in the mountains, and then uh, found out we both lived in Oklahoma, and, wow. and it was just kind of meant to be. So, yes, and he had a podcast, which I said maybe you should have guests, and <laughs> <laughs> I will come as a guest. I just volunteered yeah. myself. <laughs> I'm, I'm volunteering. Yeah, she goes, I've got a lot to share. <laughs> And then uh, we actually, he did, does have another podcast and that's how we started. We did, I came on a few podcasts and then, and then we started our, he suggested that we start our own. I was more like, okay, maybe we can do this more often. I'm, I'm very unsure of what we are doing. So I wasn't really sure, but uh, mm-hmm. it's been a fun journey. We have for the last year done mostly a podcast with two of us but now I'm hoping that we can get people and just uh, everyone to talk about themselves and their hopes and dreams and what makes them human in mm-hmm. in that way that is just a universal thing that's common between all of us yeah and it's we're we're trying to talk with people to give insight into you know some of their story because all of us have unexpected turns and and we are doing something maybe we didn't set out to do and then within the experience of humanity there's mm-hmm. some just some nuance and, we, and it's it's fascinating it's fascinating to be to learn about people's stories you know uh, Swapna from another country I grew up in a different country you're from a different country mm-hmm. and yet we're all three sitting in Oklahoma how did that happen what in the world you know and we're connecting right now that's to me that's fascinating that's the that's the connectivity of humanity that I'm like okay you know there's something there's something going on so well, the world is getting smaller <clears throat> yeah. because we, as many things that we like to differentiate ourselves, um, we still have feelings, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, we all can feel love. We all can feel hate. We all can feel sadness. Um the way that we express, the way that we feel, that's what makes things different, mm. I think. Mm. Um, and and we're basically, really, I mean, we're all human. Yep. Yep. We all have hopes. We all have dreams. We all have faults. Yep. Um, so I think the yeah. expression of the emotion. What what have we? What have you learned over your life? the the vast difference of expression of those emotions because I mean like you said we all have them but we all contextually or maybe within experience well, I don't know where that actually comes from but we all do have things that we express that maybe we don't even like what we see so we're like ooh how do I change this you know so um, I'm not an expert on emotions <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think you know, because of all the things that have happened in the past few years. Mm. And um, so I try to break things down and I try to think logically, but with emotions, there is really no logic because they're emotions. But what I have found out that 
the um, fear is one of the biggest things that can separate us. Hmm. I mean, according yeah. to my interpretation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So fear based on... <clears throat> Based like, well, based define on fear, like define what that fear uh-huh. would be. Yes, like yeah. I think unknown. Okay, not knowing. Okay, okay. Uh, makes us fear. Yeah. Um. W- well, so not knowing that could be very. Uh, it's a big umbrella, and not knowing can be. Uh, can be applied to, uh, not knowing other people, mm-hmm. um, not knowing what tomorrow can bring. Mm-hmm. And that could be interpreted in different ways. So not knowing what tomorrow can bring, uh, it means different things to different people. For some people, it may mean, you know, am I going to have money to pay for my mortgage? Am I going to wake up um, and not hurt again? Uh, Am I going to not um, be happy about my my love life? Mm -hmm. Or is my child going to do something and I'm going to get a phone call from the school, you know, that happened to me last week. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I, so when I sit and I think about things that separate us as humans, I think fear is one of the biggest things because even, I don't know, this is just my, um, uh, and then it's not religious or anything like this, but I think that we all, maybe that's a that's a too big of a term, but most of us believe in something greater than ourselves and whatever that is, that universally can combine us. Yeah. Um, but it's the fear that separates us. Yeah, yeah. that's true. But I like how you said it, that uh, there is something more than just our life right now and it it feels like we are connected mm-hmm. by that strong thread you know t- tell me a little bit about your story i know i know a little bit about it but ray has never huh. heard it so just uh, you've had a fascinating journey from <clears throat> the med school and uh, immigrant parents and just uh, just the journey that you have taken and it's it's been a fascinating one yeah. for me well where do you want me to start do you want me to start from my childhood yeah like start where were you born <laughs> how did you end up where you about where you've ended up and actually what's interesting I'm listening to you uh, speak and part of our podcast Swapna obviously has a, an accent but yours kind of can be hidden and so I don't know if people can even pick up on that you have an accent a slight one because you've you've worked hard I guess <laughs> of of assimilating, or maybe it's just the context of how you got here. Yeah, well, um, so I was born in Warsaw, Poland. Okay. And I lived until I was almost 10. Okay. And I came to United States during um, communism. Mm. And my dad actually, so my dad actually was a refugee. Um, he took like one of the last trains from Poland to Austria. And wow. two weeks later, martial law was declared in Poland and and Russian troops came to Warsaw and there were tanks and Russian wow. soldiers and they closed everything down. Schools were, I remember not going to school, which was fun, um, <laughs> having a long break. Yeah. And then whenever we went back to school, we would have, really, we would have Rus- Russian soldiers on the street. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Escorting. Um, I mean, they were, I think they were still like young boys and they would help uh, help us cross the street and yeah, mm-hmm. give us candy. Right. I mean. For me, it was not a traumatic experience, right. but I bet for my 
for my mom and my older brothers, it was. So I'm, I'm trying to get context here. Um, do you have a, what, what year was that um, with your parents? And then they, they took the last train out of. Um, it was in 19, at the end of 1980, December 80, okay, 1980, okay. when my dad left. Okay. And, um, and then, so he was, he was a refugee. And during that time, um, there are several countries that were accepting Polish refugees. Right. I mean, I don't know how they talk to each other, but I guess they make some kind of a pact. So mm-hmm. United States, Germany, Austria, I believe Australia as well. Mm-hmm. So my dad, I don't know if he chose or if it was a lottery. Mm-hmm. Um, he got United States. And so there was there were families that were hosting these refugees. Mm-hmm. And he came to Ogden, Utah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I think a year or two years later, my mom and I came. And we lived in Salt Lake City for four years. So two years after your dad got here. Uh Uh-huh. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, And um, so we came to Salt Lake City four years later. Uh, We moved to Oklahoma, to Yukon. Mm. And I started high school. Wow. I was 14. So you've been here. here Yeah. Long time. Yeah, I've been here most of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Wow. What year did you graduate high school? Mustang High School. 1992. Okay. My wife graduated in '94 from UConn. From UConn, yeah. Oh yeah, UConn. Oh, you guys were rivals. I know. Oh my god. Well, I had this. I had this unreal um, perception of UConn and Mustang because I, I was, I'm not from here. Uh-huh. So when I've heard about it, I was like, oh yeah, bad, bad, bad. Uh-huh. Well, then when I moved here seven years ago, I was like, well, Mustang's really nice. What are we talking about here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can we live in Mustang? And then my wife's like, no, 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 no. She's actually okay with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there was a rivalry back then. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's funny that my kids all went to UConn and that you is know, funny. You're mm-hmm. like went to the enemy school. <laughs> yes, yeah, so to the enemy school, and and my son plays football, and when they play Mustang, you know, it's like this big. Um, thing about Mustang and you know right. like go Mustang I graduated from Mustang High School yay <laughs> oh my gosh you're like so, secretly rooting for Mustang as there's football games <laughs> well these past few years I've been like yeah Mustang's gonna beat you <laughs> oh yes yes I know that's funny that's really funny uh-huh. so how did you get into uh, medical stuff medical stuff um I so I always have a uh, a brain that that thinks outside the box. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like to know things. Mm-hmm. I like to, um, I like knowledge. Um, and so medical school, I think was one of those things that, Oh, okay. I'm going to continue learning when mm-hmm. I'm in medical school. It's very interesting. Um, it's very practical. I can take care of my kids, um, which, yeah. which my kids were like, you know, this is so weird that we really don't go to the doctor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they the don't. home doctor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, don't so, all kids just stay home? <laughs> no, right? they don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I went to OU Medical School. I and then I went to um, Family Medicine Residency at OU, and I started working as a family medicine physician um, for I think about eight years. And so during that time. I was naturally drawn to conferences because we have to continue mm-hmm. our medical education, mm-hmm. you know, um, whether we want it or not. Yeah. <laughs> right? right? It just right. gets busy. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so really I was naturally drawn into different conferences that were, um, that were put on by uh, functional medicine, by the Institute for Functional Medicine. Okay. And, um, and, and that's how it all started. And whenever you practice family medicine, um, 
it is very difficult to practice functional medicine because of the time constraints. Yeah. Mm. And functional medicine is medicine in which you dig deep, look mm-hmm. at the root causes of chronic diseases, and combine several elements of like maybe older traditional medicines like mm-hmm. Ayurveda. Yes. And it's kind of really hard to define and it's it's kind of a world in itself. I know a little bit about it, but you are truly much more advanced than I am. But but I I have kind of loved this journey from for you for conve- from conventional medicine where you were seeing lots of patients mm-hmm. and uh, felt like you were maybe not changing the root cause of diseases or not changing their lives, but just maintaining the status quo. And then coming to this this different way of practicing medicine where you are doing things that are maybe a l- little bit out of the box mm-hmm. and a little bit um, different. So I, I, have, I have enjoyed really this, uh, this journey with you. And, uh, and have you? <laughs> well, uh, the, the changes are Sometimes. not... Re- so, uh, <laughs> Well, uh, it's not all enjoyable. It, no, because, I have enjoyed yeah. Uh, yeah. the knowledge part of yeah. it, not <laughs> that making yourself eat uh, vegetables and uh, wow, yeah, whatnot part of it. But if but, you could crack that code and make that enjoyable, that'd be good. Uh, you know, once you I get into it ninety days, that. then it becomes more enjoyable. <laughs> mm-hmm. The first ninety days are a lot. Mm-hmm. Yuck. Mm-hmm. It's bad. Uh, I, have, I have a question based on that. So, it generally. Could you say that the difference between functional and what did you call the other one? Conventional. Uh, conventional. So conventional and functional is one is prescription and come back and see me. The other is let's combine. It could be homeopathic, could be you know some some knowledge. Let's get dig into it. I mean, is it more like this one? I'm trying to actually, no matter how it is, help you. This one's prescription based. I don't know. Maybe that's general, but you know. I, I, I I'm I'm practicing conventional medicine, so I feel like I'm I'm still trying to. Are do... you practicing conventional medicine? Yes, I, okay. I would like to say that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I I'm I, I think there is a uh, there is a place for both, and there is a place for digging deeper, and there is a place for people who want to do more, and not everybody is at that place. Well, is it more chronic stuff that you're like, okay, so you've tried this and it there's been a patch now we're going to go in and actually dig in and figure this out well i think what has happened is that um insurance has happened yeah oh yeah yeah and um and what is happening now is that in order to cover your costs you have to you have to make sure that um you get um reimbursed for the you know for the patients that you're seeing reimbursement is becoming lower and lower and yep. fees are changing yep. um, and it's very stressful for physicians I mean this is what I am seeing mm-hmm. this is what I'm seeing among um, most of the physicians um, most of them will say I don't get enough time I yeah. don't get enough time I have to um, I want to mm-hmm. but I just don't have enough time with patients yeah. and um, well, there's hurdles to get <clears throat> approval for things that they know they need to have their patients do, and then they just don't approve them. I'm experiencing that right now, just in my own health journey. But right, yeah, and and then we, I mean, I see this all the time. Uh, you, you know, physicians go home and they still have charts to finish, and mm. and then they have uh, messages to answer, and then they have 
um, labs to look through and yep. results to look through and their their jobs really never end it's right. it's i mean if they could stay up until three or four to finish their day they would but they have to sleep right. um and so i think i think time constraints and reimbursement for them is has become much much bigger hurdle than it was perhaps maybe 20 30 years ago yeah. so you have to add patients in order to make a living but then to adding make patients living. makes you more stressed and have less time to do and then, right. yeah okay so, yeah uh, yeah makes yeah. sense and so so functional is you set your own parameters and say this is i can only take on this many patients to care for maybe well for example um i i think i i always don't like to put a label onto the medicine that I practice because mm -hmm. I'd like to think that what I practice is really just medicine right. mm -hmm. um, and right. I practice with the thought that I want to help a person heal yep. and so don't get me wrong if I have a patient that comes in because people will call, call them like oh yeah do you do the natural healing mm -hmm. okay natural healing what does that mean if you come in and your blood pressure is 200 over 100 and then you're telling me that, yeah, I've been checking out home and it's, you know, 180 over <laughs> 90 every day, you bet I'm going to put you on a blood pressure well, right, medication. Right. Um, so we don't have Gotta a... Stop the problem. Right. So yeah. we don't have a, you know, so you don't die. Right. Exactly. <laughs> or or yeah. worse, uh, have a stroke and be... Um, and have that affect your brain or have that affect your yep. body and somebody has to take care of you and you get put in a nursing home and that's your life. Right. Which is not a life. Right. That is, you know, a very good life. So in, so. in the sense, you know, I, I like how you're saying it. You're practicing medicine and maybe a person who has uncontrolled blood sugar or blood pressure really needs that first intervention of cutting down on the... Yeah the first safety like just the mm -hmm. basic things and mm -hmm. then the healing can begin where you dig deeper and mm -hmm. maybe look at like you cannot change your genes but you can change your diet you can change your sleep you can change your movement patterns you can you do have some control over your health and kind of you do have a you have a lot of control of your health it's just that you have to become aware of it right and I like what Swapna said is that um, some people they they don't they're not ready for that. Yeah. Some people the way that they live their lives mm -hmm. um, is okay, Doctor Samara. I I'm you know I I hear what you're saying, but I will eat my donut in the morning, and I just need you to tell me how uh, how many units of insulin to adjust for that. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I right? Get it. Yeah. yeah. But well, they're mentally and emotionally. There's too much fog, and they and and until you can clear the fog, you're you're gonna you're gonna function that way. And I'm going to argue that, and this is devil's advocate that if this is what they need in that moment, should we not have some grace for ourselves and them? Like, <laughs> we have an episode all about Jolly Ranchers, and so he was uh, really uh, not gobstoppers because those are mine. No, don't tell me about those. I'm gonna go get them. No. <laughs> he was addicted, and we talked yeah. about like what does it mean in that moment to have that uh, that pure whatever yeah, joy satisfaction of eating 
five pounds of Jolly Ranchers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I want to to just have grace for. No, it's true. But I but I I think I, I I'm exactly where you are because it, as a pastor, you you encounter situations where you're not. You're never the first person they go to. Someone goes to for help. It's almost mm-hmm. like once I've tried this on my own and it keeps stacking, mm-hmm. and now there's so much that I'm carrying. I just need some relief right now, and mm-hmm. so all I could do, like, there's one way I could do it. I could go and say, you know, you started wrong. You should have come to me back here. Mm-hmm. They didn't, so let's not talk about that. But they're over here, so let's just give some quick relief. Mm-hmm. I know they're not going to change today. Mm-hmm. So there's some quick stop and relief, and there's some comfort right now, grace. But there is a pattern, and I think the Jolly Ranchers, for me, I could see it coming. I was like, oh, this is becoming a problem. But at first, it was really a good reminder. I hadn't eaten Jolly Ranchers in 20-plus years. I mean, I hadn't even touched them. And yet, for some reason last year, I was just in a situation, and I it was a good thing for me in that moment. Now, I actually told her, I'm not eating anymore, and then I sent her a picture of at Sam's, and I had a five-pound bag in my cart. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this is my last one. And I was like, that's the famous you know, uh-huh. saying famous of everybody. Words. you know. Mm-hmm. So, But thank goodness, I mean, I'm a... I mean, it's like I, I realized it. We talked about it and I needed, I needed clarity to say, okay, that might've served a purpose there, but, but now let's, you know, you, there's something, there's a new future that mm-hmm. you can have. And that's when it's not going to lead you to the future you want, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so it is, I do think grace is important, but I do think in relationships with people, there becomes this mutual accountability or a mutual understanding where I've given someone permission to say, Maybe not today. Just leave the leave the leave the the Jolly Rancher today. Let's try something else. You know. So. Okay, I like that. I like that you are walking on your own path, and you have someone on your side who, with your permission, can give you. And no judgment. It's not judgment. Yeah, no I judgment. I think that's the worst, and that's the fear. I think I think the if you step in and people know that you're actually judging them, <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna put up a barrier and and run run back another direction and then the next time you see him it'll be even worse whatever worse is mm-hmm. you know and or i think the donut feeling. in the morning i think the donut in the morning with the dr pepper in the afternoon and how many shots <laughs> do i need to take it's like okay <laughs> i think that's fine for a bit but just know that uh-huh. you're eventually gonna kill yourself yeah it's, it's the not same a with, path to living 150 no and not a path to live 150 <laughs> and it's not the abundant life path really no but it's the same with spending more than you make it's like eventually that won't work and up. so someone's got to, mm-hmm. something's going to get, something's going to change. Mm-hmm. And hopefully someone loves you enough to say, let me paint this picture for you. Is this the future you want? Or do you want a different future? And it's just a tiny little tweak. It's really small. So anyway, but I've been there. I've, I've actually been way unhealthy right now. I don't know what I am, but I mean, I've been extremely unhealthy before and I couldn't get down on the ground and play with my daughter. And I'm like, something's got to change. So that was the catalyst for me to change. But most of the time, people telling me is not <laughs> that doesn't help no, doesn't you know work. it doesn't help it doesn't, so you have a benefit yeah. if someone actually comes to you they're at least open to suggestions <laughs> yeah so that's yes so um i don't advertise it's word of mouth and mm-hmm. it's really people that um that want to be right with me right and that's and, good yeah and that is a good thing yeah. because when i feel um when we have a conversation and i feel that um, I have to um, convince them what mm-hmm. I do. Then mm-hmm. I will say to that uh, person, "I don't, I don't think you really are ready for this, and I don't think you're ready, uh-huh. and um, and you're not understanding 
what I do. Um, right. I and I and I have had few patients where they came only one time and they're like, "Oh my gosh, I don't think I can do it's this." It's not a good fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is there's something to that. I um, we've talked a lot about mental health, and I think there's a similar thing. Just because someone is a psychiatrist, psychologist, or a therapist, or whatever, doesn't mean that every person fits with that person. No. So you got to find your <laughs> your fit, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with church. It's the same with a pastor. It's the same with accountability. It's just it, not everybody's for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the human experience where we're so different. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And uh, cool. Hope you enjoyed part one with Dr. Samara. Part two is available if you'd like to download that and continue the conversation with Dr. Alona as we discuss mental health and her practice.